you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, May 27th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Connor Newcomb, and on today's episode, we are going to quickly recap another Orioles loss as they fall 3-2 to the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday afternoon. They have now dropped nine games in a row and now sit with the worst record in the American League at 17-32 and on the season. We will give you the five things you need to know from another Orioles loss. Then a little bit later, we're going to break down some roster moves that the Orioles made actually before Wednesday's game as they uh, had to do with four different players. They made two separate moves uh, that make the team look a little bit different at this point. Then at the end, we are going to look forward a bit to the four-game series coming up against the White Sox for the Orioles as they go to the south side of Chicago and uh, take a look at what's coming up next on the podcast. But that is all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and you can join me later today to get in on the action and talk Orioles over at Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So as I sit here recording uh, late Wednesday night and the uh, thunderstorm is ablaze in Baltimore, uh, just outside my window, uh, you know, it's setting a pretty good mood for how the Orioles are playing right now. The O's lost their ninth straight on Wednesday afternoon at Target Field in Minnesota as the Twins, who came in with the same record uh, in this series as the Orioles, both teams were 17-29 and 29 coming in. The Twins sweep the three-game series against the O's, and uh, the Orioles have now lost nine games in a row as the Twins win Game 3 by a score of 3 to two. So it was a much more respectable loss, obviously a one-run loss, but still, uh, you know, some good, but a lot of bad. Again, came out of this one as the Orioles had dropped nine straight, their longest losing streak since August of 2019. And so I want to give you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 3-2 to loss to the Twins. And the first thing you need to know is, frankly, Jorge Lopez, the Orioles starter on Wednesday, was good without being good is how I'll put it for Jorge Lopez. On the day, you know, all in all, you look at the line, you will take this from Jorge Lopez, a guy who has really struggled in his career. Six innings, three runs, four hits, three strikeouts, four walks, one home run allowed. He threw 93 pitches. His ERA now 5.80 on the season for Lopez. You look at the breakdown of the pitches, he threw that sinker about 46% of the time. Uh, It again maxed out at 98. Uh, He got a big strikeout. Uh, with a couple guys on in the second inning on 98. That was his hardest pitch to get himself out of the inning. Uh, He threw that knuckle curve a good amount. 24 of his 93 pitches were that big curveball. Uh, but he just not was was not getting the swings and misses. Just got one whiff on the curveball. He got four whiffs on his fastball. And he got six whiffs on the day. That's it out of 93 pitches. That is swings and misses. And, you know, he was getting hit kind of hard. You know, if you watch the game, there were definitely some some hard hit balls that turned into outs. Uh, he was only tagged with six hard hit balls on the day, uh, but it just did seem like a, a lot of those even turned into outs. And, you know, the thing about Lopez has been, you know, he can't get through the fifth inning and he's been, you know, good through four a lot this year. He, he worked a scoreless fifth, but then he came out there in the sixth and, you know, the sixth was not good. He allowed the, the first two runners on a single and a walk. Um, and then he, he got, you know, a, a couple outs, 
there was second and third with two down, and he serves up a fastball down the middle to Miguel Sano, who deposits a three-run homer into left field. All of a sudden, a one nothing Orioles lead turns into a 3-1 to deficit in the bottom of the sixth, and that was enough for the Twins. And it was a good job by Lopez turning around, getting the final out of the sixth. It's his longest start of the season as he went six innings. Again, just the four hits, but... The four walks, only the three strikeouts. Again, you know, he was good, and you'll take this line. This is a quality start. <laughs> Six innings, three runs, his first quality start of the year. But, you know, and it was five scoreless innings before, you know, things got away from him in the sixth. So you want to think it was good. It was also not good because it's not like he got a whole lot of swings and misses. Just a 26% CSW on the night. You know, only six whiffs. He only had the three strikeouts to the four walks. Just good without being good. And I guess if you compare it to some of the starts where he's really blown up, you know, you'll take this line. If I tell you right now, hey, you're going to send Jorge Lopez out there and every night he's going to give you six innings, three runs. I would take that for Jorge Lopez every day of the week, especially with the state of the current Orioles rotation uh, from guys not named John Means. But, you know, it's just weird to, to watch it. And you don't feel like he's dominant even when he is, you know, throwing five scoreless innings. Just an odd pitcher to watch, but I will say this. He's done enough to, once again, keep himself in the Oriole rotation. Second thing you need to know from the Orioles' 3-2 loss to the Twins is that we can continue to count on Trey Mancini. Your Major League RBI leader uh, has done it again. He homered in the first inning, hit a solo shot on an 0-2 hanging breaking ball from Michael Pineda to give the Orioles a 1-0 lead. It was his 11th homer of the year, 42nd RBI. He had a two-hit day. Uh, he also had a double to lead off the ninth inning with the Orioles trailing 3-1 that started a rally. Uh, he later scored on a Michael Franco double uh, that made it 3-2 and got the, the tying run uh, into scoring position in that ninth inning against Hansel Robles. Uh, but two for four with the double, the homer, the RBI. His other two outs were strikeouts, and uh, two of them did come you know, with runners on base, so you know, he could have had some more RBIs on the day. But the season continues to get better and better for Mancini, and he continues to make an all-star case for himself. Third thing you need to know is that, you know, despite an 0 for 4 on the day, DJ Stewart is starting to kind of climb back, you know, with a little bit of upwards momentum. He is such a roller coaster player. He goes through these ups and downs like crazy. And, and even though he did have an 0 for 4 on the day, he did not strike out in any of his four plate appearances, even though he had an 0 for 4. He made a couple of really, really nice plays out in right field today, a couple of really nice catches. And, you know, he had homered in each of the first two games of the series. Of course, hit the go-ahead homer in the eighth on Monday, then hit the solo shot to bring the Orioles a little bit closer in the eighth on Tuesday. And uh, he hit a ball hard to the deepest part of the park on the warning track in right center field on Wednesday that, you know, might have been a home run in some parks. And even though he was 0 for 4, he ended up having two hard-hit balls on the day. The only other Oriole who did that was Trey Mancini, who got a double and a homer out of it. Unfortunately, DJ Stewart uh, was just a little bit unlucky on the day, but, you know, he hit the ball hard, and, you know, he's starting to swing it well once again. You know, that out to right center field, hit that ball 385 feet. That's a home run in a lot of places and a lot of parks, and uh, it, it ended up being an out uh, for DJ Stewart, but, you know, he is he's still swinging the bat pretty well. You know, in, in the first inning, he flew out, hit a ball 104 miles per hour off the bat, had a 660 expected batting average, um, and, you know, just it was an out, and but he's he's swinging it better again. And, you know, he uh, he's going to have a little bit more of a chance with Austin Hayes on the injured list, like we'll talk about later. But you know, he's starting to swing himself upwards once again for the Orioles. Fourth thing you need to know from the game on Wednesday is that the Orioles bullpen finally, finally had themselves actually a good day. Uh, you know, it helped that they only had to work two innings because you know Jorge Lopez worked six and they lost the game on the road, but. 
Sean Armstrong comes in. He works a one, two, three, seventh. He's been really struggling, but, you know, he's quietly had a, a few scoreless appearances in a row. His ERA is still 7.64, but, you know, getting better. And then Tanner Scott, who's really struggled over his last couple of appearances, he had a really good day. He threw a one, two, three inning in the eighth with a couple of strikeouts, only took him 10 pitches. And uh, so, you know, the Oriole bullpen, you know, six up, six down for the pen after all the struggles they have had. You will take that and hopefully, combined with a good start, you know, a solid start from Lopez and two good outings from the bullpen, hopefully they can get a little momentum as they go into this Chicago White Sox series. But the final thing you need to know from the game is if if the lineup's going to look anything like this, I mean, this is going to be a disaster for the Orioles to try to score runs. Again, you know, the, the two runs on the five hits in this one, I mean, the bottom third of this order does does not look like Major League Baseball players. Stevie Wilkerson in left field, Pat Vileka at second, Chance Sisko catching. They combined to go 0 for 8. Uh, they did draw two walks but struck out four times combined. Vileka had an 0 for 3 with three Ks. Uh, you add in a struggling Michael Franco batting sixth. You know, I, I know he had the double, but he was 1 for 4. You have DJ Stewart fifth. He was 0 for 4. I know he had a good day, though. But that bottom three of Wilkerson, Vileka, and Sisko, if that's what it's going to look like with the injuries the Orioles are dealing with right now, I mean, you've got Vileka and Cisco, guys who are basically automatic outs right now, and you've got Stevie Wilkerson, who's really a 4A player at best. It's going to be hard to score some runs if the lineup looks like that. But there is a reason that the lineup does look like that right now, and that's because the Orioles are dealing with some more injury issues. Austin Hayes back to the IL, and uh, they made a couple of moves that uh, had to do with that on Wednesday. We will break down those moves, what it means for the roster over the next couple of weeks, coming up after this break. So we'll get to the talk about the Orioles roster moves in just a second, but first got to tell you about Wealthfront. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. So what can you do? Well, you should team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day. They do it all for you. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need is $500 to get started. You can grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. So to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. Again, that's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and a phone with access to RockAuto.com at home, and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So on today's episode, also wanted to take a look at uh, the slew of roster moves that the Orioles made 
uh, on Wednesday before the afternoon game and the loss to the Twins. Now, Austin Hayes had not played in a couple days, and there was talk from Brandon Hyde that he was dealing with a little bit of a hamstring tweak. You know, he said he was available off the bench in those two games uh, against Minnesota, but did not start in the lineup. And then all of a sudden on Wednesday, we learned it's a little more serious than we may have thought as the Orioles placed Austin Hayes on the 10-day injured list. So the hope is that it is just a little hamstring tweak, and, you know, he's out for, for two weeks maximum and then is right back into the Orioles lineup in left field. But it's just another injury for Austin Hayes and the second lower body injury that he has sustained this year. And so to replace him, the Orioles called up Ryan McKenna uh, back from AAA Norfolk. He is back in the big leagues once again. Of course, McKenna has appeared in 23 games with the Orioles this season, now make it 24 after he pinch ran for Franco in the ninth inning uh, in Wednesday's game. 33 plate appearances. He's six for 28. Uh, he's got a triple. He's got five singles, got an RBI. 8Ks, 5 walks, hitting 214. Obviously a good defender, good base runner, uh, but he is up as kind of a fourth outfielder type again, obviously. But, you know, back to Austin Hayes, it's becoming more and more of a thing, and this had been an issue, you know, early in his Orioles career, through his minor league career. You know, the guy who, who has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career, and, and the injury bug has hit Austin Hayes once again. Again, he you know, he's only 25 years old. He'll turn 26 in July, Orioles' third-round pick back in 2016 out of Jacksonville. But, uh, you know, it's becoming frustrating, and, and you know, I'm sure it's frustrating, you know, for Austin Hayes more than it is for anyone else, obviously. But, you know, you just want to see him on the field because we want to see him play somewhat of a full season. This is his amount of games and plate appearances in the four seasons he has appeared with the Orioles so far. 2017, 20 games, 63 plate appearances. 2019, 21 games, 75 plate appearances. 2020, 33 games, 134 plate appearances. 2021, this is the largest sample size already that we've seen of Austin Hayes, and it's May. 32 games, 137 plate appearances so far this year, and he has already missed some time, and now he'll miss some time again on the injured list. But you know, it's just it's just tough. You know, he's 252 hitter, 319 on base so far this season. He's got five homers, six doubles, he's driven in 15. You know, the strikeouts have been a little bit of an issue, 27 of them in 32 games and only 10 walks. But you know, other than that, he's got an OPS plus of 115. He's been a, an above average hitter uh, in baseball all season so far. And you know, he obviously plays a great outfield. He's got a cannon for an arm. He showed it off multiple times this year. And the Orioles just need him in the lineup. They need to see if he's going to be a viable piece for the future. And I think he can be. But we're just getting to the point where, you know, obviously, I know Austin Hayes is frustrated more than anyone else, but it's becoming frustrating that he can't stay on the field. And, you know, he hasn't sustained any of these, you know, horrendous, horrendous injuries, but it's just these little things that keep popping up, keeps him out for 10 days, two weeks, three weeks here and there. And, you know, some of them have been, you know, because he gets hit by a pitch like last year, you know, he's out for so long because he took a fastball to the ribs. You know, you can't defend against that. Uh, that's just an awful break, but, you know, things continue to happen to Hayes, and, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be injury-prone and he's never going to make it. it. Just the point is it's it's frustrating for him. It's got to be. It's frustrating for us. We want to see Austin Hayes. He's an exciting player to watch. He swings the bat well. He's got speed. He plays great defense. That arm is unbelievable. I love watching him show off that arm in the outfield, but I want to see him play, and it's it's getting harder and harder to do that as he goes back on the injured list. Again, Ryan McKenna will replace him on the roster. Hopefully he can return quickly now obviously in the meantime you know you're going to have Cedric Mullins still playing center field every day and you know we will see what's up with Ryan Mountcastle he got hit uh, on the hand by a pitch 
on Tuesday, uh, stayed in the game for another inning, then came out uh, and was not in Wednesday's lineup. So we haven't heard, you know, any IL news with him, but you got to keep your eye on Ryan Mountcastle. He would be kind of the, the easy fill in immediately, probably play some more left field. But, you know, Mountcastle could be having uh, some injury issues right now. So you're going to see Mullins in center and you're going to see Santander in right. And you're probably going to see a whole lot of DJ Stewart uh, out and left, and that is going to be your outfield for the time being. Uh, with Ryan McKenna, you know, being your fourth outfielder, and then you know you'll you'll have Stevie Wilkerson on the team who can play the outfield, and then if Mount Castle is healthy again, he's another option who can play some left field, but he'll be in the lineup, you know, DH or first base. Um, otherwise, but you know we'll get to see more DJ Stewart because of this. Uh, and Stewart, you know, as we talked about in the first segment, he's been swinging a hotter bat. You know, he's trending upward again, so it could be a really good chance for Stewart with Hayes out to to get some you know everyday at bat once again so we will see how this plays out for the Oriole outfield but the other move they did make uh, was one that you know we thought could have happened um, after another rough start on Tuesday and that was the Orioles option Dean Kramer back down to AAA Norfolk now of course he started this season uh, on the big league roster in the rotation but you know this is the second time he's been demoted the Orioles back in April sent him down to the alternate site for 10 days then he returned uh, he had a bad start for the first start he returned uh, against the Yankees, but after that, it really turned in three straight good starts. You know, on, on May 3rd against the Mariners, he gave up one run over six. Then his next start against Boston, three runs over five. Then his next start against the Yankees, two runs over five, and you were taking that. But then against the Rays uh, last week, he gives up four runs in three innings, walks four batters. And then against the Twins on Tuesday, four innings, five runs on six hits, five strikeouts, but three walks. And, you know, the ERA now for Dean Kramer, 6.87 now for the 25-year-old right-hander. And right back down to AAA he goes. Now, the Orioles have said uh, they are going to recall Dylan Tate. That move will probably come today to take Kramer's spot. Tate had been out with an injury uh, for a little while now. He has not pitched uh, since May 7th against Boston. He's been on the IL since then. Uh, Tate had a, a very quick rehab assignment uh, in AAA where he threw a scoreless 1-2-3 inning uh, with a strikeout the other day for AAA Norfolk, and he looks uh, pretty good to go. So Tate's going to rejoin the Oriole bullpen. They absolutely need, need Dylan Tate back in that bullpen because seemingly everyone uh, has been trending the wrong direction except for Cole Salser and, and, and maybe Sean Armstrong right now in the Oriole bullpen. Everybody else kind of trending downward. Uh, and Dylan Tate had, had a really you know solid start to his season, you know, he's pitched in 11 games, 13 innings. He has a 3-4-6 ERA. Again, only six strikeouts. He's not missing a whole lot of bats, but the whip is at .92. Uh, he's not really walking a whole lot of guys, which has been really, really good to see. Just the two walks uh, in the 13 innings, and the stuff has looked good. Good run, good velocity, you know, mid to high 90s on the fastball. So the Orioles are going to love having Dylan Tate back in this bullpen. But we do have to talk about Dean Kramer because, you know, he was originally slated uh, to start Sunday against the White Sox, but now he'll be in AAA Norfolk, and he will not make that start. And you look at the roster, and, uh, you know, the logical choice if the Orioles don't make another move is probably Keegan Aiken is going to most likely make his first start of 2021 on Sunday in Chicago. He's been working uh, in chunks out of the bullpen, of course, through three innings out of the pen on Tuesday, so he should be good to go for a Sunday start. But, you know, I am getting a little concerned with Dean Kramer. You know, you look at his StatCast page, and uh, all of the numbers, you know, are, are in the lowest percentiles. You know, the hard hit percentage, he's getting rocked. Uh, the K percentage is not good. The walk percentage is not good. The fastball velocity is a little bit down. And, and something that's really concerning 
is the chase rate. He's in the third percentile in chase rate this season. That means 97% of pitchers in Major League Baseball are getting guys to swing at pitches out of the zone more frequently than Dean Kramer is. And the whiff rate is only the 14th percentile. I mean, he's not even getting swings and misses even on the good pitches that the guys are chasing. So, you know, if he can't get anyone to, you know, chase that little cutter out of the zone or chase that curveball when he bounces it in the dirt, you know, he becomes a very different pitcher, and uh, it's very concerning. That's a pretty concerning number they're going to have to look at. Hopefully he can, you know, figure things out in AAA Norfolk. But, you know, Dylan Tate will be back for the O's. That will be good for the bullpen, and hopefully Kramer does figure it out. Hopefully Austin Hayes is back quickly from his injury, but it is getting a little frustrating to watch him continue to get hurt. But we're going to take one more break here. When we come back, uh, we will quickly take a look at uh, this four-game series against the White Sox, specifically tonight's Game 1 on the south side, and then look at what's ahead here on the pod. That's after the break. So we're back to Orioles talk in just a second, but first got to tell you about Lucy Nicotine. A company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They've got gum and lozenges, each with 4 milligrams of nicotine. They come in flavors like wintergreen, cherry ice, and citrus. And they're both FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy Nicotine Gum or lozenges. And you can even use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at lucy.co to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, have to give the disclaimer, warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So one more time, go to lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, baseball's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Hey, maybe you want to just bet against the Orioles every night. Probably be a pretty rich person at this point. But you can get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, not just MLB, but for the NBA and NHL playoffs, which you know are in full swing right now. So before the next pitch or tip-off or the puck drop, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So after being swept in Minnesota by the Twins, the Orioles have now lost nine games in a row. That is the longest Losing streak in baseball right now. They're already 12 and a half games back in the AL East. They're 17 and 32. And as we sit right now, they have the worst record in Major League Baseball, the lowest amount of wins at 17 so far, and a negative 56 run differential at the moment. That is the third worst in baseball. Only the Pirates and the Tigers have been worse in that department. But, you know, it doesn't help that the Orioles are playing in a division where they have four legitimate playoff teams. They have to face. But still, it's been rough and it's uh, it's not going to get any easier. You know, we thought the losing streak could end in Minnesota because, you know, when those two teams met, both teams were, you know, 17 and 29 coming into the series. We're not playing well, but 
Twins swept the Orioles. Now the O's have to play a team who's looking good and feeling good and is in first place. That is the Chicago White Sox, who are 28-20 and 20 on the season coming into what will be a four-game series in Chicago. The White Sox uh, did get blanked by the Cardinals yesterday, fell 4 nothing. Uh, against St. Louis to finish off that series, uh, and they will take on the Orioles for four games. Uh, we are hoping Kevin Brown will be on the call for Masson like he was uh, in the Minnesota series. If Kevin Brown is not on the call, and it is Scott Garceau, uh, you can always find a way to flip over to the NBC Sports Chicago broadcast and uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, one of the best broadcast duos uh, in Major League Baseball. But we will take a look just to start at the Thursday matchup. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman is taking the hill for the Orioles, the left-hander uh, who got roughed up in his last start. He's got a 5.59 ERA on the season in 38 and two-thirds innings. He struck out 30 batters. He had that great appearance in relief, you know, two outings ago, May 16th, five and two-thirds, one run, six Ks against the Yankees in relief. But then he gets the start at Nats Park over the weekend, allows five runs on seven hits over three innings. So now he's going to try to, you know, right the ship against a really, really good Chicago White Sox lineup. It will be the hard-throwing right-hander Dylan Cease, the 25-year-old, who will take the mound for the White Sox. Cease has a 3-1-8 ERA and nine starts, 56 strikeouts over 45 and a third innings this year for Dylan Cease, although his last start uh, was not a good one. One of his worst of the season uh, came at Yankee Stadium over the weekend. He allowed five runs on five hits over four and a third, did strike out six, but walked four in the game, and his control uh, was not good against the Yankees. And Cease sometimes can deal with a little bit of control and command issues. Uh, so when you, if you see that early, you know you have a chance uh, to get to the hard-throwing right-hander Dylan C. So that is the matchup. Uh, Orioles and White Sox game one tonight, an 8-10 p.m. Eastern time start as the Orioles are over in the central time zone against the White Sox. And, uh, you know, we'll get to see former Orioles farmhand Yermin Mercedes, of course, uh, a great player to watch in Tim Anderson and a fun White Sox team managed by a very not fun manager in Tony La Russa. Uh, hope they fire him at some point and get a real manager in there who actually uh, stand by his players um, and act like it's not 1984 anymore as well. But we will look a little further into the series on tomorrow's episode, break down uh, the final three games of the series Friday through Sunday and do a preview of that while also uh, giving you a recap of tonight's game one of the series. We're also going to have a mailbag episode coming up here on the podcast pretty soon. Uh, If you want to get your mailbag questions in, talk about anything Orioles and uh, this nine-game losing streak and what's going on with this team, not just the major league level, but also at the minors as well. Get in any of those questions. You can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Also, tweet us your questions. You can tweet me at Connor Newcomb underscore, or you can tweet the podcast account at LockedOnOrioles. Send us a tweet or DMs are open on both accounts, again, for an upcoming mailbag episode. So get in those questions as soon as you can. But Right before we go, do have to tell you about another podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is the Locked On Today podcast. And today on the Locked On Today podcast, LeBron James and the Lakers get even against the Phoenix Suns. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. 
So we'll be back tomorrow recapping game one against the White Sox. Hopefully, we're not talking about a 10-game losing streak. Hopefully, the Orioles have snapped it, and then we will preview the rest of this four-game weekend series. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.